0: Uh, I'm excited about what God has for us. The title of my message is called, uh, What's Your Passion? Okay? And passion, the definition of passion, it says a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something or about doing something. So, when I ask the question, what pops up in your head? What's your passion? Is it God? Is it Fishing, is it hunting, is it shopping, women, whatever. Close, we're getting there. (laughs) Uh, And I know, I'm I'm passionate about fishing. I enjoy it. Everything about fishing, I I enjoy it. You know, and uh, getting up early in the mornings, getting the boat ready and everything, getting out there on the water. Man, just getting out there on the water and you smell that fishy smell. Just something about it, I'm telling you. <clears throat> and you get out there and you enjoy uh the sunrise coming up, you know, just everything about it. I mean, even when you when you wake up, the alarm goes off, five o'clock in the morning. You know, that's pretty much one of the times that I, I, I don't press a snooze. Because I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm enthusiastic about going fishing. I enjoy it. You know, but uh you know we can And there's nothing wrong with those things, those passions. God has made those for us to enjoy, okay? But we've got to weigh it against our passion for God and the things of God. And these are things, this is no guilt, condemnation. These are questions that I have to ask myself. So... You know when we enjoy. I mean, there's something about when you're out there fishing, man. The water's smooth, man, and you're running a top water bait. You know, it, it's making this little noise, and man, a bass just explodes on it, and man, the game's on, man. Here we go. But I mean, just everything about it, I, I enjoy it. But we we gotta be careful that we don't get out of balance in the, in those areas. You know, a guy asked me, what's your, you know, there's a lingo in in, in bass fishing, what's your PB? And at first it kind of, all right, PB, and I'm thinking, peanut butter and chip, you know, personal, he goes, your personal best. Oh, well, why didn't you say that? I mean, you ain't got to throw all them acronyms at me and all that. I mean, come on, man, five pounds, that's my personal best, my PB. So, but Jensen Franklin, I like what Jensen Franklin says, he says, there's nothing wrong with fishing, hunting, doing all that stuff. I mean, if you like to fish, you know, and you want to fish on Sunday, bring the boat to church and, and leave after church. Matter of fact, that's what we did. Shalom has got a newer boat, and he's got the boat out there. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be kind of short-winded. We want to get out of here and go fishing, you know. <laughs> he's sitting over there going, I'm like, dude, I just started. Hang on, man. I mean, let me get started, you know. I got to get going. That's my purpose. <laughs> Deer hunting, David loves the deer hunt. And you can see he's passionate about it. He takes the time to put the time in to search out the deer and just, it, there's a lot of work to it, you know, but he enjoys it. And I mean, it, it's amazing when you see somebody that has passion and they do it and they love it. it it's just, it's something about being passionate because we have a strong feeling of enthusiasm. Uh, excitement there's nothing wrong like I said about doing these things but you know the Bible talks about in the last days there will be lovers of pleasures and not lovers of God so we have to check ourselves as men and women of God that we don't get out of balance in those areas and my next question is how is our passion for God and the things of God are we excited to come to church you know, the Bible said, David said, I was glad when they said, let's go on to the house of the Lord. Not, I was mad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. Are we excited about the things of God? Are we excited coming and visiting with believers and hearing the word of God and just fellowshipping? Are we excited about reading our Bibles and, and doing the thing, reaching out to people, making a difference, being an influence? Instead of the world influencing us, are we influencing the world? And man, I tell you what, we're in a time right now we need to be influencing the world for the kingdom of God. <clears throat> you know, we're called to love God. And we're called to love people. That's the whole thing in a nutshell. And a lot of times we love God. You know, we oh, I'm reading my Bible, I'm going to church, I'm doing all that. But what are we doing outside of these four walls? Are we making a difference out there? Are we pouring into people's lives? Are we being the light of the world? Are we out amongst the people making a difference? You know, it says to be a light of the world. You know, we're not supposed to put a bushel. You know, the scripture talks about lighting the candle and putting a bushel over it. What's your bushel? What are we, Take that bushel off. Let's get out there and make a difference in this world. Who is our example? Jesus, right? In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, look what it says here. It says then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues preaching the king, the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus was passionate about the things of God. He wanted to fulfill his father's mandate for him on this earth. Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. Chapter 16, and we'll start with verse 14. Now, this was after Jesus was crucified. He was buried. Third day, he rose again. Okay, so now he's starting to uh, show himself to, uh, they said, over 500 people and his disciples. And look right here, verse 14. It says, later he, Jesus, appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He had been telling them for a while, Guys, I'm gonna to go to the cross, die, be buried, and the third day I'll raise again. It says, And he said to them, Look at this, very important go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, your world, and I always heard that, you know, I thought, man, I got to go to Africa. I got to go, you know, to preach the gospel. No, your world is your sphere of influence. Where you're working, where you go to shop, wherever you do daily routine things, that's your world that you go into. And that's the world that we have to go in and to make a difference. Look at this. It says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And those, and these, listen to this, this is very important. And these signs will follow those who what? believe. It says, In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Last it says, they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. You know, he gives us right there, it's talking about the Great Commission. Okay? He tells us to go into all the world, preach the gospel. What's commission mean? It means an instruction, a command. A duty given to a person or a group of people. This is our, he commands us to do this. Go and preach the gospel. Also lay hands on people. And I'm not saying you've got to find that balance because I'm not about, you know, you always hear preach the gospel. If you got to, you use words. Okay? And that's good. We need to live it in front of people. But there's going to be opportunities in our lives that when God opens the doors, We're able to share Jesus. God has a, I mean, an awesome plan for each and every one of us. And we're not just to sit on our salvation. There's people out there that need Jesus. I mean, it's just flat out true. And then James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers Only. Okay, I mean, it's good to know this Bible backwards and frontwards, but if we're not doing it, what's the the big purpose? I mean, we're supposed to be doing exactly what it says. Look at this and go on verse 19. It says, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And then what did they do it says and they went out and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs they did what he told them to do go into all the world and there were signs and wonders following them as they went out preaching the gospel I want to I want to touch on two points here Number 1 is preach the gospel you know a lot of people say well I'm not a preacher Okay, well, we're all called to be preachers. And we're, when, you, when God has touched your life, we're all called to share that hope, that message that Jesus died for each and every one of us and that he wants to change our life. He's got big plans for us. John chapter three 16, y'all know that. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's for each and every one of us. He died not only for me, but for you, each and every one of us, and he's di- he died for the whole world. God wants to fill up heaven. I know uh, not too long ago, me and Missy were doing some marriage counseling there at the house, and uh, we sat there, and we got some things ironed out and worked it out, and there at the end... Uh, we began to talk to them and we just began to share the love of God with them. And I said, uh, Have y'all ex- ever accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And uh, have you, do you have a relationship with Him? And the young woman said, uh, Yes, I have. But the young man hadn't. And we got to leading to Jesus Christ right there at our dinner table. Changed his life forever. So we've got to get an eternal perspective. And I know we get busy. We get caught up in work and we get caught up in things that we do. And and that's all good and dandy. But don't get so caught up where we're not being effective for the kingdom of God. Reaching out to people. People are hurting out there. You can see it on their face, man. Mask and all, they're just walking around. Man, they're just, but they, they don't have hope. And what it comes down is the hope is Jesus. Now, if, even if you accept Jesus, does that mean everything's going to be hunky-dory and you're going to no. know? But God helps us through these situations. I'd hate to be living in this time now without God. He's the only reason, the only thing that keeps me going, getting up each and every morning, putting one foot in front of the other because I've got peace and I know he's got my back and he's for me and not against me. Point two, are we laying hands on people? Now I'm talking about good hands. I'm not talking about, honey, I'm telling you, I'm begging you, shut the door. <laughs> shut the door. That's a, that's a location joke. <laughs> are we laying hands on people? Okay? <clears throat> not the five-fold ministry. Okay? Not our boss, our co-worker, our wife, our husband. I mean, I remember the story of Billy Graham's wife, uh, Ruth Graham, married for 64 years. Had a woman sitting there uh, interviewing him and all that and looked at Ruth and says, "Uh, Well, has divorce ever been a thought? And she said, No, not divorce, but murder. And my wife, I'll tell you. I love, but come on, can we be real? I mean, there's sometimes that little Cajun right there, she can get under my skin. She pushes those buttons and I'm like, mm. but I love her. I do. I mean, the best thing that ever happened in my life. I've been married for 31 years now. And uh, you're going to have those. Matter of fact, we had a Forever One meeting last night. we have issues people as couples and we were laughing this morning to some of the things that we go through and things that we get mad at and we're you know it's like really the other night I got mad man Keisha that message you talked the other day about you know getting your flesh in check I I failed that that night (laughs) I mean I got home Missy goes to get her hair done and Man, it's like four or five hours. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? You know? So anyway, I called her up. I said, where are you at? Well, I'm just getting my hair done. You know, you got to be careful. The devil will put stuff in your mind and stuff. Anyway, and I I, I still got to learn that one, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two. I, I just, because I, I get a little, my voice raises a little bit. I'm being just real, Okay. And I'm working on that. I've repented this last month. The most, I, I'm like, man, I, and I go up to her and I say, I'm sorry, I repent. I'm raising my voice at you. I don't, I don't want to talk to you like that. I, you know, man, it's humbling. But hey, you know, I'm working on it. I'm not perfect. I, I, got, I got issues just like everybody else here. <laughs> don't, don't get all religious on me. I know y'all got issues. I'm going to pray for y'all but Mark chapter 16 through 18 it says these signs shall follow them that believe and this is what the word of God says I didn't make this up it says they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover I remembered. Uh, I just thought of it the other day man Mike Mike Huckler good to see y'all uh, my brother had an aneurysm it's been a while back. I don't even remember how long that's been, Mike. Over 10 years. He's still here, seated in the house of God, alive and doing well. But man, I tell you what, we, when you feel Jesus was moved with compassion, and uh, man, I heard about it, and Andy had called us, told us it didn't look too good, and uh, we went to the hospital for that reason, to lay hands on him and pray for him. Man, I walked in that room and he was laid on that bed. Have you ever been there where you look and your flesh goes That's what my flesh did. I walked in there, he had tubes all over, he had a tube coming out of his head. It didn't look good to the flesh. But I don't walk by the flesh, I walk by the spirit. And I didn't have no, Angel type experience or nothing. I just did what the word said. I just laid my hands on him. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. I began to rebuke the death, the spirit of death. And he's here today. Man, I'm telling you, God wants to heal us. He wants to heal people. There's there's no sickness in heaven. Talking about... Heaven on earth. God wants us to walk in perfect health. Remember, we're not the healer. God is. We're just the vessel. The point of contact between God and man. And so it takes the pressure off of us. When you feel compelled and you see someone... And, and you're like, man, I just need to pray for him. Do it. Step out. Just like Haley was talking about growth, you know. Just step out and do it. It takes the pressure off of you because it's God giving you that unction to do that. And it's up to God to heal. It's not me. I'm not the healer. I'm just the vessel. But we've got to be obedient. We've got to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. And it don't matter how big or how small it is. God wants to move. I really believe we're getting to a time and age if we step out in faith and be bold, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. If we step out and do what God tells us to do, God will confirm with signs and wonders because we're stepping out in faith and we're doing what he wants us to do. Matthew chapter 8, look at this. Verse 1 through 3. It says, When he, Jesus, had come down from, from the uh, mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And it says immediately his leprosy was made cleansed. Leprosy was a bad thing back then. I mean, it was incurable. had It was very contagious. And I mean, here Jesus, I mean, he didn't say, wait a minute. Are you six foot? Do you have your mask on? No. I mean, t- t- people losing their fingers, their, their, their toes. The, I mean, it was, it was a bad deal. Jesus wasn't afraid of that. And Jesus is not afraid of it today. He's not afraid of Corona. And he touched him. So I want to challenge you today, this week, step out of your comfort zone. If God puts it on your heart to pray for someone, pray for that person and lay hands. You're just doing what the Word says. And look at this. Matthew chapter Look at the same deal. Chapter 8. Drop on down to verse 14 and 15. Look at this. Talking about at Peter's house. They're just having a little game night tonight. Okay? Jesus is over there playing some jokers and some some uh, Mexican train over there. They're getting a little get-together. Verse 14 says, "Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he, what? He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and she began to serve him. It don't matter if it's leprosy or if it's a fever. And my question for you, are we laying hands not only on the world, but our families? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not about, I mean, don't get me wrong here. I'm, medicine's good, but do we run to the medicine cabinet when you got a headache? Do we, you know, run to the doctor when this happens or that happens? There's nothing wrong with doctors. But why aren't we exercising our faith? and believe in God to move in our situations and circumstances. I was at a rodeo in California, rodeo, and it's it's hard enough to ride them bucking bulls being healthy, much less I had a pulled groin muscle. And man, it's tough. So what I would do, I would take this ace bandage and I would wrap it real tight around my groin area. And for some, you could kind of, because I mean, you got your spurs on, you're getting hold of these bulls and stuff, and I mean, they're jumping and kicking and, I mean, muscles were pulling and it hurt, but I just had enough of it. I finally, I said, I took that wrap off and I said, In the name of Jesus, I speak healing to this groin. I thank you, Lord, that you're the Lord that healeth me. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I felt the presence of God go over me, totally healed instantly. I sat there and I was going, Hey. It feeling pretty good. I end up riding my bull, win some money. Sometimes we got to get to a point where we've had enough. Okay? The spoken word of God has no boundaries. Look right there also in Matthew chapter 8. We're dropping down to verse chapter 5. I mean verse 5. Look what it says here. Talking about a centurion servant being healed. It says, Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. He has no problem with it. Look what the centurion said. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. Be very careful what you're speaking over your situations. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. If you say, I'll never be healed of this, oh, this, you know, thyroid or this cancer that be careful. You have what you say. We need to speak a life. We need to speak the word. Be very careful what we're saying. And look what it says. He says, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. He says, for I am, also am a man under authority. He's a military uh, man and he's got 100 men underneath him. He says, having soldiers under me. He says, and I say to this one, Go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And look, Jesus said, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. He said to those who followed, Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now, I'm a superintendent on my job. Okay, so I'm, in a, I'm a man in authority. So I can go tell this guy, say, hey, I need you to put those uh, tile over here on this wall. I need you to fix those ceiling tiles. And he, when I tell them, they go and do it. So we need to realize God gives us the authority to speak life in our lives and other people's lives. So... The only deal is when we're speaking it, are we believing it? Do we honestly believe that God can heal your body? He can touch your marriage. He can fix your financial situation. There's nothing that is too big for God. And we've got to get to that childlike faith to where We're speaking the word of God, and we're believing exactly what he wants for us. I was at, oh, I'm sorry, let's go on down to verse 13. Look what it says. Now, when Jesus had come, I'm sorry, then Jesus said to the centurion, he says, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Do you realize you're where you're at because of what you speak? Where you're at today, you and I, is from our, the fruits of our words and our choices. If you're not happy with where you're at, change the way you're talking. Begin to speak the word of God. Start believing God that he's got better things for you. I've often heard people, well, God put this cancer on me. That's bull crap. I call bullcrap. What kind of father would do that? I'm going to teach my son a lesson. I'm going to break his arm. i tell you what, I'd be long gone from that father. We've got a good, we sing it, we've got a good, good father. He loves us. He's about us. He's not mad at us. He's madly in love with us. And he wants to work in our lives. I've heard people say, well, "What What if I do this and they're not healed?" Okay. I hear you. I guess you say there's a 50-50 chance, you know? But my question turning the tables, what if they are healed? What if we begin to do what the Word of God says? Say, Keisha, you know, goes over here and and they've got this lady at the store. God puts it on her heart. Hey, I just want to pray for you. You know, I got kidney problems or whatever. And she's healed. You know, it can be a testimony. It's just like, remember the, 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 Gentleman, that was blind, you know, since his youth, and and, and it got to the point. He said, "All I know is I was once blind, but now I see." What if we begin to do what God tells us to do, and and they people say, "Well, I don't know. I was with Keisha. I was shopping over. I'm trying to get a couple of loaves of bread. Man, bread's kind of low, and I'm trying to and." God just put this woman named Keisha come up to me and she prayed for me. Got healed on the bread aisle. God wants to move in our realm, but he wants to move, but he wants us to move first. That's what he wants. And it brings glory to God. I mean, you want to see revival? You look at all the people that were healed in Jesus. It said they were all healed. And they glorified God. I want to close with this. You got that picture? Y'all know what this is, right? Sand dollar. It's a sea urchin. Okay? So... When high tide comes in, it pulls these sand dollars up on the sand. And if they're there for a long period of time, time they'll die. In a little story, they had a man walking down the beach and, you know, he's noticing all these sand dollars and the young man down there, he sees him bending over, you know, every once in a while and he's like, man, what's that guy doing, you know? And he, uh, Ben's walking and walking. He gets up to him. He says, excuse me, sir. He says, what, what, are you, what are you doing? He said, well, these sand dollars, if you don't get them back out in the water in a certain period of time, they'll die. And he was like, look at all these sand dollars. He said, do you really think? I mean, you can make a difference? The boy picked, bent over and he grabbed one. Made a difference for that one. One, we can make a difference one person at a time. So I want to challenge you this week. When God puts it on your heart to minister the gospel, share Jesus with a person. And, and hey, hey, Sometimes I've had them. I've shared them with Jesus. Like, man, that Jesus stuff, that ain't ain't mine. But what you do is you plant those seeds. And the Bible talks about us being sowers of the seed. And there's other people that go and they water it. But it also says God gives the increase. So all we do is we're throwing seed. Okay? And we can make a difference. That's so awesome that God would choose us To make a difference in other people's lives. So, are we passionate about the things of God and about people? Are we making a difference? Don't get so caught up in this little, you know, like that little hamster or whatever on that wheel. And we're not seeing, we're not looking out, seeing people that are hurting that need Jesus, that, you know, would love someone to, I'll tell you what, a lot of, I've never had nobody say, no, I don't want you to pray for me. Yeah, they say, yeah, can you pray for me so we can make a difference, okay? And let's continue doing, making a difference. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you have chosen us to make a difference in people's lives. Father, first of all, thank you for saving us and changing us. Lord, that There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Father, I thank you that we can have heaven on earth and, Lord, that we can make a difference and we are making a difference one person at a time. Father, give us boldness and, Lord, just give us that love that you have, that unconditional love, Father, that you show toward us. We just love you, Father. And we thank you. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless y'all. We love y'all. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more,